This is EdTech Weekly. I'm your host, Ricky Zager, and we are back. Christy, welcome back to the show. Woohoo, happy to be here. Yeah, we've missed a few weeks, and um, I wish I could say that it was somebody else's fault other than my own, but just really busy, higher ed this time of year, uh, just starting up summer courses now. We we're finishing up spring courses and just a lot of uh, course building going on for me. So really, really busy. Um, my wife's been out of town a couple of times. So listen, no excuses, but we are busy and just happy that we're back. And we have had uh, a couple emails that I have not gotten back to yet either. And I want those people to know that we are going to respond and we are excited about the emails. We had uh, someone email us from Japan and say that they want to be involved with the show. So as if we already weren't an international sensation, I think this kind of proves it. Japan. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, pretty awesome. So I'm looking forward to that. And then Ashley, uh, who came on and did some tips for grant writing, uh, also reached out and she would like to be back on the show again too. And so we're going to schedule that quickly as well. So I'm excited about that. Um, have not gotten back to them in email for a couple weeks, but again, I'm just busy and we are going to get back to it now. So let's start as we often do in case you forgot with the EdTech rundown. Niblets.com reports that Grammarly raised $110 million in their latest round of funding. Uh, for those unfamiliar with Grammarly, it's basically a spell checker on steroids because it uses algorithms and artificial intelligence to help correct grammar uh, via its web app. And you can also get that on a Chrome extension for your Chrome browser. Uh, they have 6.9 million users, so it's definitely a force, uh, not only for students but businesses as well. Uh, it is a freemium model, so you can get some features for free. And for around $12 a month, if you're billing annually, uh, you can unlock all of the grammar features that you can pretty much handle. And that's pretty much just one feature for me because my grammar is terrible. Um, I imagine we should all be users for email, if nothing else, especially that free Chrome extension. Um, and uh, what do you think, Christy? Yeah, I love Grammarly. I've been using it for quite a while now as I really do need help with this. Um, spell check, grammar, suggestions. You know, I effect versus effect really gets me every time. So happy to have <laughs> Grammarly for that. Yeah, and you know, I've only used the free version, haven't paid for it, and I just use it as a Chrome extension. And it works really well for me as I exclusively use Chrome. It checks my writing across all apps and all sites, which I find very helpful. And so I can see why they're... Yeah, while they're getting more money. Yeah, isn't it beautiful, though? Because if you use Grammarly and you make a grammar error, you could say, well, I knew that, but Grammarly corrected it, so I just assumed maybe it was right. So, you know, I mean, it gives you an easy out, I think. Well, yeah, we are testing if, if Grammarly can catch it all. That's what we were doing, huh? Right. We're helping, we're helping the AI. Exactly. <laughs> That's right. Our next story is... 74million.org. It gives us the first in a series of essays about building a movement around research and impact in ed tech. The premise is that we all have a role to play in ensuring movement on ed tech is That's a challenge to be taken up by the Ed Tech Efficacy Research Symposium in Washington, D.C. They're exploring and will report back with findings, but have shared three broader issues they've learned about efficacy and evidence so far. They are, number one, everyone wants research and implementation analysis done, but nobody wants to pay for it. Two, we need to recognize that evidence exists on a And three, it's easy to blame other actors for the current lack of evidence-driven decisions in education. 
You can follow and join in the conversation on Twitter at hashtag show the evidence. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely something you should be checking out as we are trying to navigate the endless ed tech world that we're living in and trying to make it work for everybody. And, you know, more than anything else, I chose that story. So you'd have to say efficacy, 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 efficacy. How do you say it again? I was wondering if you gave me all the hard words. <laughs> yes. I mean, it was like, I'm like, I don't want to have to say that first. I'm going to let her say it first. And I, I kind of gave myself, as I was typing for the next article, I realized that I also gave that word to myself because this is another article from 74million.org. Uh, and this one is actually from that info that happened on the first day of that EdTech efficacy. I say efficacy. <laughs> It doesn't sound right. Research and academic <laughs> symposium. Um, among the interesting things that this article mentioned is that only about half of school districts even asked for evidence um, for these things actually working, their ed tech things. And only half of the ed tech companies, when they were actually asked, actually had research to back up their assertions. Those things are pretty frightening to me, and I think it does actually put the onus back on the school systems because you, we just have to ask for research and simply not just research that promotes the concept, but actual research that shows that these ed tech tools are effective. Um, only then are companies going to be willing to or compelled to spend money and time to actually do these studies. If we don't ask these questions and we just buy it anyway, we're giving them the easy way out for sure. You know, I think that tech market changes so quickly. There is enough data to report on and do the research on. I find that companies are constantly changing and getting bought by others, even within you know months or a year. And I think that's part of the problem. Those that have been around for a while do have the data. So maybe that's one thing. How long has it been around? Uh, this would be a simple data point to at least begin with. Yeah, I agree. And I think... At the end of the day, you know, the overall ideas, even though there's a lot of new companies and things coming out, EdTech itself um, and the things that we're trying to get out of EdTech, I think, is a broader study that could be done. And then the tools, you know, maybe the individual tool doesn't have to have this broad 10-year study done. But if it's achieving something that's already had a study, then, then we know that it's actually going to be effective, at least on some level. So I don't know. It is a difficult thing, I know. But I think it's. I think at the very least, I think we can agree that you need to ask somebody who you're buying ed tech from if they have any research. And probably the other as well. You know, the company they're trying to sell you a product. So I would find someone who has used it and implemented it and see what they think. Yeah. Exactly. of Teacher Appreciation Week, Ed Surge asked educators to share their most transformative ed tech moments. Some cool stories to look at, including how effective something as an English language learner to an audiobook version of a text helped that student's confidence level. Other educators mentioned how using apps like they had previously struggled with. Take a moment to read these stories for some ideas and perhaps a little inspiration as you start preparing for next fall. Yeah, I think it's just, and I, you cut out a little bit in and out there, and I don't know if it's internet connection or what it is, but you know, at the end of the day, this is something that if you check out this Ed Surge article, you, you might get a little inspiration, you might get some ideas of things to use. And uh, remember edtechweeklyshow.com, we put the links up in the show notes there so you can find that as well. And, you know, always remember 
Email the show if you want to be involved. Like I said, we've had a couple people recently do that. We'll be reaching out to them to get them on the show. Um, and then check out our social media. That's something that I'm working on. And I, admittedly, I'm, I need help, and I'm, but I am working on it. And it's going to get better, I promise, because it can't get any worse. All right. So, Christy, in honor of Teacher Appreciation Week, which I believe was now, what, two weeks ago? <laughs> Who knows with how long I wait to do this show. Um, and as you said earlier, EdTech Monthly, uh, at least for this month, may be more accurate. But um, I just thought, you know, as we've both been educators um, in the past, and, and so I just thought it would be fun to share a experience or two um, <laughs> that I had as a teacher and this is probably the, sh- the story that I'm going to share right now, Christy, is one that uh, I, you know, I taught K-12 and I taught high school specifically. And so not only did I teach high school, but I taught what we call dropout prevention at the time. I think they've come up with a new word that doesn't make it quite as negative or a new term. Um, but it, it basically is students that were struggling to graduate and, um, We'd kind of keep them in the same class. So I'd have them, I would teach them, for instance, um, world history in their sophomore year. And then I'd have mostly the same group of students their junior year for American history. And then mostly the same group for economics their senior year. So we kind of developed a relationship and I knew the kids and the kids that were coming into my class. I knew who they were, even if, you know, they were part of this program. So they would be coming in. And so... Uh, one time, a student who I did not know entered my classroom, and he had to ask somebody a question, and you know, I said, okay, go ahead, and he asked a question, and then he's kind of dragging along a little bit. I said, all right, it's time for you to go now, and he said, well, just one minute, and I was like, excuse me? And so what I wanted to say here, Christy, is I wanted to make sure that he understood that he didn't have the relationship with me to say something like that. You know, kids that students that I knew, you know, could get away with something like that. Maybe I just give them a little, you know, smirk and say, all right, all right, go. But you know, I didn't know that person. So rather than me saying what I wanted to say, which was, look, I don't really know you. We don't have that type of relationship. So you shouldn't really be talking like, you know, that type of thing. What came out of my mouth was, do you even know who I am? (laughs) <laughs> and so, yeah, so it's needless to say that was the tagline for all of my students for the next two or three years as they filtered through. Somebody would walk in and say something. They'd be like, wait, do you even know who Zager is? Do you even know him? And I was like, oh, my gosh, what have I done? So, yeah, it's when you speak all the time and no different than a podcast, but in a classroom, you're going to have some moments where you put say something and it's like oh did i just really say that and then you envision the next three years of your life hearing that over and over again and and that's exactly what happened that's that became sort of my tagline as a teacher in the hallway wait wait wait. do you even know who that is (laughs) yeah i see a great meme coming out of that in this day oh yeah it was it was a few years before memes thankfully because otherwise there's no doubt that that would have been a meme it's never too late. We can make one for you. Uh, high school, teaching high school was a lot of fun, but you can imagine the type of things that would be said and remembered and continued on. And it was, it, it was definitely interesting. Do you know who I am? All right. I'm going to use it you from now on. That sh- we should do like, I should be putting some drops on audio so that I can throw that in there when we have like a guest come on. Do you know who I am? Anyway, I guess 
if you don't find it interesting or, or funny, I should say, you probably just had to be there. It's one of those stories. But Christy, I know you've had some experiences now, whether in the classroom or whether a story a teacher told you it does not have to be something silly and ridiculous like mine was. But just in honor of teacher appreciation, do you have anything you'd like to share about any either your time as a teacher, educator, or uh, something that a teacher that you are currently working with had happened in her class? Well, I think everyone will appreciate your story, teacher. We've been there. We've had those moments where you say something and then it's like, oh, did I really just say that? <laughs> that? So I can I can appreciate that and I think others will as well. On our Teacher Appreciation Week, I wouldn't really talk about my teaching. I've been out of the classroom for about 10 years now. And there are great teachers right now that I work with and um, get to interact with. I, would, I could give you stories of those, but I will. Back when I was a teacher, I've been a first teacher. My classroom was D1, and so my reward system for the week was I had something called the D1 All-Stars because I just thought that sounded cool. So every Friday, and, and this was a sixth-grade junior high setting, so lower middle school, we would play the Smash Mouth song, like the All-Star one. Do you remember that one? Oh, yes. Painfully then, so. I do, yes. <laughs> So I would read off their names and they'd come up and then they get to touch the globe of power, which was the, uh, you know, those little globe electricity things and you touch it and then they like, it looks colorful in the globe. Yes. That was the globe. That was the globe of power. And so for whatever reason, I thought that was a good reward system. Um, so imagine the clock, you know, bumping, uh, what is it? Smash mouth. Hey, now you're an all-star and the globe of power. So you are, you are such, you a little you're such a nerd. I love it. It's so nerdy, but I love it. It's so great. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's perfectly nerdy and awesome at the same time. And, you know, I will say you just, you, and this is totally off the cuff, but you just reminded me when you said the globe of power and, you know, one of those things. And so when I was in middle school, now this is going back quite some time, when I was a student in middle school, we had something called, our science teacher had something in this class called, we called them the spoons. Do you know what I mean when I say that? The spoons? If I say no. the spoons. And, and Okay, so essentially what this was, was a uh, crank system, and it kind of looked like a little globe, but it had two spoons attached via wires. And it was a friction-based thing with a crank. So you'd crank it, and if you held the spoons, you would get shocked. And so this was literally, like, I, it, I feel like this would be illegal now. I don't know. Maybe it isn't, but I feel like it would be. Like, it was It was not only used, if I remember correctly, and believe me, this is in, like, the early to mid-80s, so I, I may not remember this well enough at this point, but I believe it was used for either for punishment or, or to show how tough you were. One of the two. Like, if somebody wanted to try to hold on to the spoons for, like, a certain amount of time, the record was, like... The record might have been two seconds because these things were like legit, like your arms would shake when you held on to them. I can't even imagine how this was possibly done, but it happened. And I promise you that. And it was like our teacher was like an ex-military, bald-headed, tough guy. And it just, oh my gosh, I just, I wish I could remember his name at the time. But when you say globe of power, I just get these painful memories of being shocked holding onto these spoons. And I just can't even imagine how that was ever even possible to do. Yeah, I think we have a couple memes out of here, you know, global power and do you know who I am? So Yeah, well, and listen, maybe I should share this episode with our graphic designer because this should be involved in the logo, perhaps. 
I do think we should categorize this as something else other than teacher appreciation. <laughs> it doesn't sound like teacher appreciation, does it? I'm talking about a guy who basically tortured us with electric shock. <laughs> oh, I listen. It, we're going to talk about teacher appreciation. Then I want to do a shout out and appreciate my kids' teachers at Quincy Elementary in Quincy, California, where I live. Two amazing teachers, many at our school, but. Rowe and Mrs. Sype, first and third grade teachers are pretty amazing with my kids. So good awesome. job. Good for the guy. And, and you're right. It does go back to the teachers. And we appreciate, of course, all of the things the teachers do uh, to help kids. We know why you're there. And we know the nonsense that goes along with it because we've been there. Um, some of us a little longer ago than others. But I was there a few years ago. And I, and I definitely remember the feeling of like, does anyone even appreciate us? And yeah, we definitely do. And uh, I will give a shout out, although I'm sure she's not a listener to Mrs. Booz, my son's uh, daycare teacher, and uh, I, we appreciate her as well. All right, you can follow me on Twitter at 4TechTeachers, and Christy, you can follow at Christy M. Warren, and now also at EdTechWeekly Show without the W. And I don't even know if I've tweeted on that yet, but just follow me. It'll happen. I'm telling you, it's going to happen. And, of course, EdTechWeekly at gmail.com. Email us. Christy did it. She's on the show, and she's awesome. So if we just find one more person to be on the show and awesome, I can retire. So, hey, that sounds pretty good. Retire, huh? I mean, listen, (laughs) we're going on well over two years at this point, so maybe it's time. Maybe it's time to just hang up the EdTech gear and be done with it. No, definitely not. Although um, with our absence of of three-plus weeks here, uh, I think it is important to mention that we are still planning to be on the show. In fact, I texted Christy earlier this week and was like, hey, are you quitting on me or are we good? Because I was a little nervous because I hadn't done the show for a while. And she's here, so that's a good sign. No, I think just our listeners don't know already in addition to... I just completely lost... I lost you. I lost you. I didn't hear what you said there, Christy. Can you try again? Yeah. So in addition to our EdTech Weekly Show, um, we do have day jobs and... We both have young kids that keep us very busy and families. So I have a first and third grader, and I know you've got a four-year-old. So life sometimes. Yeah, uh, and and I, you cut out at the end there, but we got almost all of what you said. So, yeah, I, I think everyone kind of gets it. I, I mean, I know teachers are probably some of the most understanding in terms of being busy. We we all know um, what it's like to get really busy with things. So let's take this time in the summer, maybe. And we'll try to really revamp some of the things that we can do at the end of the show to help you guys uh, get ready for next year. And in the fall, if you're not finished with school yet, enjoy the rest of the school year. And make sure you follow us on Twitter. Make sure you listen to the show. And we will see you next week on EdTech Weekly.